Well, welcome everybody to another episode of The Sons of Thunder. I'm Parker Setacase, and I have unintentionally hijacked the show just by myself. My brother, I don't think, knows that this is live. So I'll just be, uh, <laughs> here he is. What's up, man? We're live. Hey, how's it going? We are live. I don't know how, but we are. You should have never, ever given me use of this tool. You were showing me you don't know how to use this. Huh? How long have you been on there? We've been live <laughs> for a while, I guess. Were you on there when I just called you? Is that why it was echoing? That's why I hung up, yeah. I said we're live. I couldn't hear anything. Welcome to my live stream. Wait a second. I, I don't know why I'm still the admin. I don't know, but I You're am. not an admin. You're a kid. You're just a kid. <laughs> that I let I let use my StreamYard sometimes. Yeah. All right, Good. welcome to the Sons of Thunder. I'm setting nope, it up. Nope, we already We're going to cut out that double whole, set. We're going to cut out the whole first Welcome to the Sons of Thunder. Welcome to the Sons of Thunder. My name is Joel Setticase. I'm joined by nobody. <laughs> I have cut my brother out of the stream. Rule number nine. Let's talk about it. We're going through it. Jordan Peterson still for those uninitiated. Uninitiated. I basically are called, I basically called my, my brother a member of Antifa, so now we're good to go. Yeah. Which ties into this because you are actually not 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 even a member, the coordinator of Antifa. But there you know what? No. Even even such a person, even say that again. The devil is the coordinator of Antifa. I think. Okay, I wasn't trying to hey, call you the devil. Hey, this is great. This is great, actually. I've been I've been all itching to talk about this. I started writing a blog post about it, and then figured I didn't want my whole life to turn into um, a blazing hellfire. <laughs> So I stopped blogging about it and just told my neighbor about it and said, "What is you? But what here are you talking we go. about Antifa? No, dude. This okay? Real the quick. devil? No, this whole chapter, man. This whole chapter. It's, why would you? Why would your life turn in miserable? Okay. If, so, so Peterson talks about ideologies and how people. This chapter says, uh, you know, it's about like listening to people and they might know something you don't, and that's great. But I think the real lesson here is don't become an ideology. You don't know mm -hmm. everything. Don't just personify a political ideology or yeah. any kind of ideology. Don't just be a stand-in for that ideology. You know, he talks about that a few times in here, and that kind of sets up his point. But that's we that's where we're at today. There's ideologies talking to ideologies. Oh, yeah. There's no, not people right. talking to people. You're right. And and dude, it's the same, it's different content, but it's the same attitude and it's the same tactics on both sides. And I don't want to be all ecumenical, right? Go ahead. So, okay. Uh, if if you are on one side of this political spectrum, and there's not really anyone in the middle, so just you're lying to yourself if you're saying that. Mm -hmm. uh, the people on the other side are either dummies, they're useful idiots. Who this, are is, being, this is according to members of each individual ideology looking across the divide at the yep. people on the other side. Yep. Yeah. To their enemies, right? So. Okay. You guys, you're you're either look, they're there, little one. You're either really dumb and you're being and you're being uh, uh, abused by false, you know, by people at the top, usually billionaires on either side, right? Billionaires who are spinning facts through their um, through the tools that they have at their disposal and tricking you and whipping you up into a frenzy, or you're actively evil. You're part of the problem, spinning the facts intentionally. And so either you're evil or you're uninformed and dumb. And that literally can be, that, that describes both sides of the aisle right now. You think you know, you think this poor other side is either being deceived, they don't have all the facts, or their facts have been thoroughly washed through a, a political lens, or you're actually part of the problem. You're, you're spinning it intentionally. You're evil. But you can just fill in the blank with whatever content you want. Yeah. No, you're in. right. You know what I you're mean? Right. And and it, everything's racist too. I know that that's, that's kind of seen as the left's view, the leftist ideology. That's one of their ploys. But the right does it too. You know, actually to say that everyone has white privilege is kind of a racist thing. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, I kind of, I side with that a little bit. But also your policies have unintended racial uh, effects. Who's, who's do? 
that the, the right could say that about the left right you talk about uh, welfare policies that have incentivized single motherhood stuff like sure, that sure know? sure so it's even even tool. even things like affirmative action having deleterious effects on the very people it's supposed to right um benefit right so people yeah. make these arguments so what so you're saying you're saying that right now in our society in the america of today everyone is reducing their themselves really and their opponents to ideological dartboards that they can yeah. just flip darts at yep. all day long and that's and that's our discourse that's the state of public yeah. discourse right now and that's the and sad state of affairs man totally man and it's like you said i'm glad you made that point that you are you're, you're putting yourself you are taking on this mask of yeah your political ideology and it's the same conversation happening however many times it's happening a day it's happening in families it's happening in churches it's the same exact conversation because a lot of us are not thinking we're not saying oh you know i agree with a little bit of that i agree right. with some of that but i totally disagree with that but right. it's it's this is the position this is the ideology and it's if you don't agree with that you're on the other side yeah um hey real quick some uh my wife is telling me our um youtube video is saying you have to pay to watch nice but, you're coming up in the world man but, but no that's not coming up that's going oh, well, i'm not going to get a get a percent of that i don't know i we're not like we're not monetized i don't understand this at all it doesn't make a lick of sense you to me you gotta pay to play man yeah but we're not the people we're not inviting people to play we're inviting people to pray yeah you gotta pay if you want to pray yeah and you've got to pray just to make it today so good luck yeah that's what mc hammer said in the 90s okay so going back to these ideologies and how we reduce ourselves to them um first first of all let's just introduce what we are talking about mm -hmm. so you can see it there at the bottom of the screen jordan peterson's rule for life number nine assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't mm. so let's let's um we're gonna i'm gonna put this up so that everyone can read it while we're while we're talking and um let's just introduce the um let's just okay we got our first comment all right on youtube this is going to be a fun one uh let's just introduce jbp's dr peterson's i call him jbp because he's my homeboy yeah. but yeah, let's talk cool. about his argument what is what is his thesis here what's his big idea and then let's get into dissecting it because i think there's a lot we're going to be able to um to get at from a biblical perspective here yeah, I, I I really I really enjoyed this one a lot, man. I didn't find I didn't have too many scruples with it, but um, but let's why don't you go ahead and introduce us to the argument, to the thesis, the big idea, and then let's get into what he's saying. Yeah, and, and whether it's true. Well, so it has to do, I think, with with humility, right? Assuming that you you don't know everything, you're not omniscient, and perhaps the person you're dialoguing with knows something that you don't. That's not that crazy of a thing. Um, well, it, it shouldn't be at least. And then he talks about how to, how to go about doing that. You do it for yourself. If you want to think, he talks about this internal dialogue that you have with yourself. Do you, you do that? Have you ever done that? I do it all the time. Yeah. It's you, great. You know, all, all, every second of every day. You do? Yeah. It's great. You dialogue with yourself? Yeah. I usually destroy myself with facts and logic. <laughs> you know, I was doing that myself. So I, I just drove here. I'm obviously I'm in my uh, studio here in Chicago and I was, um, I was driving from mom and dad's out West and on my way, I'm, I was literally, I was having a conversation with myself and I was coming up with really good arguments against myself. And yeah. then it occurred to me, I'm doing exactly this inner monologue thing. The same thing that Dr. Peterson talks about. So it was, it was really fascinating. So, but, but, but go on. Okay. So, so what does he say about that? Okay. So, uh, that's a, a good habit to do. That's that's how we think. That's how we push it back on our own ideologies. That's how we don't just, you know, end up filling in uh, as a stand-in. Mm -hmm. And then he also goes on to talk about. Um, he doesn't use the word, but steel manning someone's position. Oh yeah, talk about that. Right. So in, uh, before you criticize someone's position, be able to present the best form of it, not the weakest form, not a straw man. Right, that's a informal fallacy right. where you tear up, you you build up someone's position as a straw man, not a real man of them, right? And it can't straw men don't talk; they're easily destroyed. You can burn mm -hmm. them up. So you create the straw man of someone's position and go, really? That's what you think? Well, that's 
obviously terrible. He's saying, don't do that. Obviously, don't do that. Uh, and that builds on, you know, tell the truth or at least don't lie. Don't misrepresent your your opponent's position. Yeah. Steel man it. Why, why might they be thinking that? Right. right. And the way he puts it. Oh, sorry. You know, go ahead go, go ahead, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The way he puts it is before you even begin to give an answer, repeat back to your interlocutor, your discussion partner. I say interlocutor because I'm fancy, but yeah. um, uh, repeat back what they're saying in a way that they would agree with. And if they don't agree with the way you phrased it, try again, ask more questions. Don't yeah. respond. And, the, and man, don't respond because if you're responding to something and it's not actually what they're saying, yeah. how many times on social media have, you, you know, what's the crazy thing is someone will respond to something that you, you haven't actually said. And you've, you've almost find yourself like now defending something that you didn't actually yeah. say. Yeah. And you gotta, like, you gotta, it takes wisdom to hit the brakes and go, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not even what I'm even saying. Well, and how frustrating down, is that? It bogs down the entire conversation. Right. If you right. wanted to really get into something right. and point right. out that I'm wrong, you missed because now I have to talk to you about this. We had Chris Bolt on the show. Mm -hmm. We sure Chris did. Chris Bolt on Twitter was talking about the, the greatest commandment. And he's, he said, the idea that loving your neighbor is the greatest commandment today is the most pernicious uh, lie in all of uh, the, the country. Something like that. I'm, okay. I'm, I may not be stealing Manning his position, but people lost their minds because they go, you know, Jesus said it was. Well, he's like, no, you know, love the Lord your God is the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Hundreds of people going at him. And it's like, dude, he just had to keep repeating like, hey, what did I say? What did I say? It's I, I didn't say the first commandment. I said if you treat the second as if it's the first it's pernicious and terrible right it's not built on the the foundation of loving god love god then love your neighbor right well yeah yeah the, just like the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom right the love of god is the foundation for all other love yeah or so our loving relationship with god is going to set the scene for uh, but but no right but to misrepresent what he's saying and then attack him as though well, he said right. this and evil I, thing and i don't okay so i want to practice what what peterson is preaching i don't think a lot of people are intentionally trying to misrepresent chris bolt i think they're just triggered by it and they go they haven't thought clearly about it right. and they see something that appears offensive to them and they just attack it right and i think this is really interesting because that is building up your opponent's argument mm -hmm. is good for your opponent. It's good for your own mind that you can actually yeah. represent what they're saying. And then you destroy a stronger, if you can make it stronger, you destroy yeah. a stronger version. I learned that from Alvin Plantinga, uh, you know, very famous Christian analytic philosopher. He's very, very good at it. Yes. And he presents people's arguments better and more clear than they do. But it's interesting to note that Peterson takes this approach from Carl Rogers, who was, um, yeah. mm -hmm. I think in a, I think in apostate, Christian uh, oh, is that right? I believe so. I think he Funny, Peterson didn't mention that part. Missionary. <laughs> yeah. So he, he uh, on page 246, it says that uh, Peterson, quote, quoting Rogers, he said that Rogers would, would tell people to stop the discussion for a moment and institute this rule that each person can speak up for himself only after he's first restated mm -hmm. the ideas and feelings of the previous speaker accurately and to the speaker's satisfaction. I think that's it might seem kind of pedantic at first, but if you were in a fight with your wife and you just stopped and said, wait, is this what you're saying? Yeah. Because I'm not getting it. And she goes, no, of course that's not what I'm saying. Then you, you have, oh, I don't have to spend 15 minutes fighting something you're not actually saying. Right. And, and Hey, uh, tell me what you do mean. Like I clearly misunderstood and man, what a breath of fresh air that, that is. That's like opening up all the windows in the room in a hot, stuffy room to mm -hmm. open up, to open that up and say, Oh, I, you know what? I must've misunderstood you. Could you, can I really get to the bottom of what you're saying? Yeah. You know, like it's just such a, a breath of fresh air because now you're, you're taking the conversation away from what it had been, which is a, a knockout, you know, knockdown, drag out brawl yeah. and saying, no, 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 that's not what this is. This is, we're seeking mutual understanding here. Mm -hmm. Because, and you know what, getting back to the topic of love, I actually, that's a very loving thing to do. Yeah. I love you. I want to understand you. I want to show you that respect. And, and that's a really important thing. I don't, I don't think Peterson ties it back to love, but you know, the way, the way that he um, deals with his clinical patients is I, I do, I dare say it's very loving. Yeah. Um, 
guess it's, it's a show of good faith that I care about your opinion, your point of view mm-hmm. enough to try and accurate accurately portray it. And I'm I'm not gonna continue on. I'm not gonna critique until I can portray it in a way that you can get behind. Yeah, you know what do you think? Okay, so let's go to the the beginning part of the chapter. What do you think about the way he the way he leads off in this chapter? It it, it kind of threw me for a loop because he starts out by talking about some of his patients that are not the leading men in their own stories. Yeah. He starts out by talking about people who are just a bundle of experiences and information with no direction and no focus to their life. Their life is only what other people place upon them. Yeah. And so, for example, he talks about the one woman who he asked her if she had a CV, which is like a resume mm-hmm. and a curriculum vitae. And he asks her for it and she says, yeah, I have one. And she pulls out this filing box full of dreams and experiences, books she's read, and there's no discernible order to it. It's just, these are all my experiences. And it's almost like she's inviting Peterson or whoever to sort through this and to come up with some discernible story or thesis for her life because she quite frankly doesn't have one. She's only being put upon. She's only what happens to her. And 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 she's sort of like the anti um well i don't want to bring content to it necessarily but but she's not happening to the world the world is happening to her only yeah and you know i thought that was such an interesting way to start off the the chapter because the whole chapter is about listening to others but he sort of roots that in like he he roots that in you need to know kind of who you are and um i don't know what did you think of the way he started that out? It didn't seem very connected to the rest of the, the chapter to me. Sometimes sometimes they're not. And it's hard for me to tell that because oftentimes I just, I like his stories. You know, it's like, oh, wow, that was, that was really well said. Okay, now we're on to something else. And it didn't super tie in. That idea of being the hero in your own story, that's like a, a Joe Rogan uh, motif as well because he said it once, maybe a couple times, and people took that and clipped it and made it funny. Sure. I, I still don't, I don't really know how to feel about that, you know, cause it's like, Oh, my fundamentalist side is like, no, 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 we're in God's story. Right. You know, but it's like, yeah, but my more like postmodern kind of side heretical yeah, yeah, is like, well, you know, this is my micro story that God's given me. And I, I can only see out of this one first person perspective that I have. Well, and it's. It's it's God's story in my life, but I am the main character in my life. Yeah. But think about the parable of the talents. Yeah. So in in the parable of the talents, the master gives to his servants. This is Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Uh, Jesus tells a story about a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. And you know the story. He gives five talents to one, two talents to another, and then to the third guy, he gives one talent, and he gives it to them according to their ability. Well, the first guy goes and invests it. It comes back with five more talents. He doubles his investment. The second guy goes and invests his two talents and doubles it and, and, and comes back. And then the, um, the third guy hides it away. Yeah. Why? Why does he hide it away? He says... Oh, he basically blames the master. Yeah, he says, I know that the master is rude and you Yeah, you're you cruel, you're you hard har- master. You harvest where you don't reap. Right. And so his reaction, his action is purely reactionary based on this servant who's so hard and who's so cruel. And and his he literally refuses to act. But in in refusing to act, refusing to take a risk, he is taking a risk. Mm-hmm. He is acting. He is hiding his talent away, and he's basically saying, my story, I refuse to take a leading role in my story. Now, he's been entrusted with the opportunity and actually commanded to take a leading role, so to speak. Now, he's supposed to do that under the authority of the master. The master says, go and invest this. Yeah. Okay. I'm entrusting you with this talent, and you're still under my authority. So there's your fundamentalist. Uh, your fundamentalist is satisfied there because yeah. it's still God's authority. But- God has given you something to do, hasn't he? And that involves action, that involves risk, that involves going out on a limb, that involves uh, investment, that involves being wise, shrewd. Yeah. 
And so who's the hero of the story? Well, the hero of the story ultimately is the master, but okay. but there but the 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 supporting roles, the supporting characters are nonetheless very important. And and from their own each perspective, each of their own perspective, they have to go out and yes, you know, conquer yes. the world there, right? Yes, and and you could very easily have written the story from the yeah, from any yeah, from, any from, one of the towns. Yes, exactly. My master entrusted me. I yeah. had to go out into the world and make the most of my talent. And and I knew what I had to do. I had to take this risk and it paid off in the end. And then it was all worth it when my master came to me and said, well done. Here you go. You're going to be given more now. So, yeah. so, so the one guy, so they're all the leading man. It's just, um, if, if you don't own it, you, you lose it. Yeah. It's, it's the Matthew principle. Again, we've talked about that, the Pareto principle, yeah. but, but the whole point of Peterson sharing that story is when he was talking with this woman who didn't own her story, he refused to, um, he refused to do what she wanted him to do, which was to impose his narrative and his ideology onto her story. Yeah. He refused to say, this is what's wrong with you. Here's my theory about how to deal with people like you now go and do this instead he listens to her he he assumes that sh that there's an answer there that uh she needed to discover rather than him to just impose on her uh so he's sort of uh you know that kind of that's sort of his segue into getting into this whole yeah. idea about that, listening to the other person that's really interesting too man because you can get you can get kind of philosophical with that you can go to augustine uh, the teacher and saying that a teacher never teaches a student anything because you have to keep using words for that. And so you can put them in a position to learn something themselves. There's also like the kind of woo-woo, the answers are all inside you, right? And that's, we wouldn't want to go there. But there's something to it, man. There's something to it. There's something more to it than I feel comfortable with, I think, right now. Of saying like, of, of doing what Peterson's doing instead of just, here's the answer, do this. Like, I think he's probably right to do it that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, well okay. So uh, I told you earlier today, um, I'm doing an audio, I'm listening to an audio book of Plato's Republic right now. Yeah. And I told you that doesn't count. And I never said that it counts as reading, <laughs> dumb, dumb, but it does count as getting through the book. Have you heard people say that? They, I read this many books, you know, I listen to my audio book and it's like, well, that's, that's cool that you listen to it, man. I don't want to be a snob, but that's not reading. No, I, I watched this video. There's some musician on uh, one of these cool guys who does like all these different parts himself. He's on YouTube and yeah. he's doing a plug. He's doing an, uh, a plug for Audible or something. And he's like, this is how I'm so well read as I listen to all these books. And my first like uh, gut reaction was like, no, you're not well read. You're well listened. You're, you're a listener. Yeah. And you, you don't know? call yourself well read either. That's kind of let another praise you. And praise, yourself, <laughs> yeah, right? well, I don't think this guy was. Uh, or maybe he's a Christian. Uh, if so, uh, I, I won't call him a fool. But um, but uh, Socrates in this audiobook I'm listening to, he he is so good at asking questions. So good, dude. He's you know they call it the Socratic method for right. a reason. Mm -hmm. And the, so the Socrates is just. You know, Socrates, if you're not familiar with our listeners, if you're not familiar with uh, Plato, he writes a lot about Socrates. Socrates is the main character in a lot of his stories. And and he teaches through stories. So Socrates is is asking all these questions, and he's doing it so brilliantly that he's drawing the answers out of these people. Now, in the process of doing it, he is teaching. Socrates, it's very clear, Socrates has a destination he wants to take these guys to. Now, the, the master of this, of course, is Jesus Christ. And see, Socrates, it might take him 20 to 30 questions to lead the guy where he wants him to go. Jesus, um, Jesus goes, uh, uh he, Jesus goes like a, with a, a one punch knockout. Uh, Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Bring me a coin. Bring me a coin. Okay. Look at the coin. Whose image? Yeah. Whose, whose image is on it? Uh, Jesus. Caesar's give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. Boom. I mean, he, he, they're done. He also knows which direction to go where Socrates, you know what i mean Socrates, Socrates has some, he's got some some good views but sure sure know. jesus is the infallible god yeah. man that's yeah. but that's i mean that's kind of what i'm getting at though is, yeah is but but being able to ask questions to draw see so so you might say this 
the the answer is not necessarily inside you, but the answer is objective. There yeah. is a, there is a right answer and uh, proper questioning, well placed questions, shrewd questions can draw the answer out. And now that's not exactly the same as what Peterson's saying as 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 the thesis of his chapter, where he says, "Assume the other person knows something you don't." He's he's actually admonishing someone who only wants to manipulate the conversation to bring it to the quote unquote right destination. Yeah, but so but, okay, but those tie in because yeah, go ahead. Maybe maybe you're on one side and you think you're on the other. Ah, maybe, now there right? it is because you're not the infallible God man. Well, right, and so maybe you think, "Hey, I'm going to tell this person how it is," but really, you're the one who needs to shut up. And, and you can figure that out if you ask questions because you're, you're trying to draw them out. So that's what I wanted to touch on. Yes, the answer is objective, but there's, uh, there's at least two different ways to get someone to see it. You can force them by beating them over the head, and maybe they accept that on your authority instead of coming to see it through reason, through revelation, through, you right. know what I mean? So that's right. kind of a bad reason to believe it then if you just believe it. And I'm not an authority on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you can get them to see it on their own, do you see that? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Okay. Then it's their answer. It's not your yeah. answer inserted into their brain, which, which I think is the ideology that people are taking on. It's not their beliefs. It's the belief of the party they are instantiating. Yeah. And so let me let me um, refer to someone who I actually can't believe I'm, I'm referring to, Saul Alinsky. Saul Alinsky wrote Rules for Radicals, hmm. a book that he dedicated to Lucifer. I mean, this is not a wow. godly man. But in terms of worldly wisdom, I think Doug Wilson compares him to like a Joab. Okay. Uh, so, like in the Bible, you know, David's general. Yeah. Who, I mean, it'd be, it'd be hard-pressed to call this guy a believer, but he's very shrewd yeah. in the ways of the world. And Saul Alinsky, he, he talks about something very similar how you want people to come to their own conclusions. And the reason why is people always resent someone who teaches them something. Yeah. It's a really interesting phenomenon because now I don't, I, I dare say, I don't think that's always true. I mean, Saul Alinsky, I mean, I, 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 I'm very happy to take issue with him on any number of issues. If you but, really respect, like, dude, if Dr. Van Hooser teaches me something, I'm probably not, I'm not going to resent. I'm, I respect this dude, but right? I'm in a position right. to learn from him and respect yes. him. For you. Because, but, but, because yeah, you I'm, understand the relationship between the two of you. Well, yeah, he is, he right, is yeah. appropriate. the teacher, you are the student. Yeah. Right. But if you're on the same level as someone or you're not looking at them. Close, if, if you're even close enough where they might think that you're on the same level. This is what happens when you when you, go, you Google check somebody, right? At a party. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I'm going to check Google. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Right. Right. Like you, who are you? You're just some guy, but then you resent them. Here's the thing. Even if you recognize that that person is right, you resent them because it's like, well, I could have ch checked Google too. Shoot. Why didn't I do that? Now I look like an idiot. Yeah. You know, and, but, but instead of feeling bad about myself, our natural tendency is to do what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Yeah, you lash out, you pass the buck, you pass the buck, attack. blame the other. And so, um, it's kind of like CS Lewis says, uh, you, you always find the inferior person saying something like, I'm just as good as you. Mm -hmm. You know, you never, you never find the superior person going, I'm just as good as you. It's like, you know, I know, oh, I know, yeah, I, that's good, man. I that's know I'm just as see. good as you. That's you know? a great way to see who's who. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but all that being said, you can avoid all of this simply by yeah. assuming, here's the thing. Don't assume you're superior. Don't assume you're inferior. Assume that the other person has something to say that you didn't know. Yeah. Assume, start from that standpoint and, and then ask them questions to really understand what they truly mean and then evaluate your own knowledge and say, you know what? Wow. Uh, hmm. Even though you're a white person, what you're saying actually isn't racist. Or, no, I don't believe that. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy with it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I got or, you on this guy. <laughs> the, no, it's like, wait, wait, wait. Where's he? Hold on. Explain what you mean, please. Because yeah. Or or how? Hmm. Even though I've heard you espouse uh, critical or uh, yeah, critical theory in the past. Um. You know. Listen. I. I'll be honest with you. Earlier today, I was hesitant to ask somebody for advice because I've seen them. I've yeah. seen this person hopping on the woke train, and I'm like, I now have nothing to. Yeah. My knee-jerk reaction is, I now have nothing to learn from this. Yeah, person. man. We want to, which is stupid. That's stupid it, on me. I'm it, dumb. It is, man. And it, and same with me. It's it's 
nice to read this chapter. It's nice to project myself as the the middleman who is so reasonable. And right. It's it's really hard to see when you're doing it. Yeah. And even when you do, to actually, like, there's people. I'm like, dude, you use this hashtag. You use this. You said that. You were obviously sold out. I, well, screw you. Everything you say is stupid. And it's like, oh, I just became that that person. Everything right. that I think I don't like in that person, I just right. became that person. Right. No, you're right. So, okay. As um, as he progresses through the chapter here, he um, this whole idea of having a dialogue with yourself, and and he has got this absolute money line on page two forty four. I want to read it verbatim, but he goes. <laughs> he's talking about a patient that he has. This is all the way down at the bottom. Mm. A guy comes in and he goes, I hate my wife. And Peterson just, he he recognizes what a horrible statement that is. Yeah. I like Peterson because he's not a subjectivist. Mm. He There are some things he does find just repulsive, wrong. And he goes, he sees, so the speaker has even startled himself and he sees the same thing reflected in my eyes. So Peterson's reaction to this guy saying that he hates his wife is like, oh, <laughs> that's that's pretty dark. Yeah. You know, um, so then the guy backs up and he, the patient, he backs up and he goes, hold it, back up. That's too harsh. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes I hate my wife. I hate her when she won't tell me what she wants. My mom did that all the time too. It drove dad crazy. It drove all of us crazy to tell you the truth. It even drove mom crazy. She was a nice person, but she was not very, but she was very resentful. Well, at least my wife isn't as bad as my mother. Not at all. Wait, I guess my wife is actually pretty good at telling me what she wants, but I get really bothered when she doesn't because mom tortured us all half to death being a murder. That really affected me. Maybe I overreact now when it happens even a bit. Hey, I'm acting just like dad did when mom upset him. That isn't me. That doesn't have anything to do with my wife. I better let her know. And then he fast forwarding. He goes, he goes, uh, he says, that was a good session, Dr. Peterson. I nod. And here's the money line. You can be pretty smart if you can just shut up. Yeah. It's so good. Did that smack of Proverbs for you? Yeah, it did. It actually smacked of, uh, well, I, I think you skipped over, but it, yeah. this doesn't have much to do with your point, but he's saying that, uh, the guy was possessed unconsciously by the spirit of his father. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that's me. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's for sure. Julie would be like, oh yeah, it sounds like my mom when she does something. And I'm just like, just like dad, you know, yeah. I, I think that's, that's pretty funny. But, uh, going on from there. Yeah. It sounds like Proverbs and Proverbs 17, 28 says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Yeah. Yeah, I got a guy who I disciple who is very, he's not shy. He's just very comfortable not saying stuff. Mm. And yeah. all, all my other wrestlers are like, that dude, he's the wise one. And it's like, yeah. And totally. In a sense, like he actually is, though, because he doesn't speak out of turn. He doesn't say stupid stuff. Which is, which is itself a wise act. Yeah, it's not like he's shy and scared to say anything. He's just like content to listen and think. And, and then when he does say something, it's super duper profound. Mm. And it's because he's been listening the whole time and he's been seeing where two people were arguing, you know, or he's, he's feeling out the conversation. I don't know that he's intentionally doing it. I think it's just kind of how he is. It's just and a product of listening. Yeah. And it can work. It can work in a bunch of different ways, though. That's the great thing, right? It can work when helping someone and they're, you're kind of letting them talk, talk it out. And you're just mm -hmm. kind of listening or you can uh, hoist someone on their own petard there. Petard. Yeah. Very and good. someone you you give someone enough rope to hang themselves with, right? Very good, very good. Uh, how many more can we can we squeeze in here? Uh, you let he, them cut uh, off the branch they're sitting on. Oh, that's good, that's good. Yeah, shot himself on the foot. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's trying to lift himself by his own coat collar. Coat collar? Oh, that's a very literary version of bootstraps. I, I like that. That's it's more of a British version. You've clearly been reading the um, analytical philosophers. I see. Oh, it's from C.S. Lewis, but he is British. Oh, so. oh, British. There you go. Yeah. Um, Adam Young, who's one of the uh, a friend of mine, one of the elders at Park Community Church Forest Glen, uh, he's the same way. He he will not he will sit back and let everyone hash out an idea. And then and then when it's time for him to enter in, it's like he now has the accumulation of everything that's been said, and he can just 
very succinctly drop a knowledge bomb yeah. and it's it's very it's often very profound and uh, it's enviable because you know i'm i'm a verbal processor as as you probably are as well i think would you call yourself Am I, do i do i think out loud i'm not sure if i've it's hard to that I, now that i said that i need to um and and it's and, a very short fuse i don't know for you man but it's it's like I'm saying stuff and I, I haven't thought about it. This hasn't happened inside my brain yet. That's I, what this podcast should is. Have. That's what this podcast, but you know, you know what else though? What Peterson says is that's not only, that's not only uh, like a normal thing. That's the only way to stay sane. Mm. And what he says is, and this, and look to our listeners, this is what I think I want. I hope you guys all understand from this. Speaking to someone is necessary to stay sane. It's what happened with this guy who said he hates his wife. Yeah. As he was able to speak and just have a sounding board, another human being, which by the way, this is why the lockdowns are so pernicious, is because it's isolating us. This whole idea of social distancing, it's the perfect name for it. And, and that's a bad thing, dude. Social distancing is bad. Yeah, I remember people saying that right away. They're like, "We need a new name for it," but they no one no one coined a new phrase. No, but it's it's a very accurate phrase, and it's a very dangerous thing. And it's why someone made this point. I think Doug Wilson recently on a podcast. There's a reason why everyone's getting so. He didn't say this, but I'll say persnickety towards one another. It's because we're all social, dis socially distancing, and you I've, need. I've, I've had a different experience with that. Like I, I feel closer to people now. Oh, not me. Everyone, you walk, a, lot, a lot more people going on walks together and stuff like that. Oh no, no, no! Strangers, I, in my experience, maybe it's because I'm in Chicago more place. than you. Yeah. What? Terrible place. No comment. Um, <laughs> but you go into you go into a uh, a Home Depot and everyone's real, just mm. just terse with each other and real. And it's like, yeah, the reason why is because we're socially distancing, and I need to see your face. I need to see your reaction to something I just said. And this. This is what I, I think is a major takeaway from this chapter is we need to read each other's reactions in order to stay sane. And that is why it's so mm. it's so blooming important to be able to listen. You have to listen. I have to be able to listen. Yeah. Not just speak because the other person needs to process verbally just like I need to process. And I need to love that person enough to let that person process. Yeah. And so, so when well, James one nineteen says real quick, when James one nineteen says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That's actually what fosters sanity. And, and you take that away and you get insanity. Go ahead. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, Good. Something about, something about, uh, but, I, but the important thing is I was able to yeah, process that's that. That's great. Oh, oh, when you, when you, what Peterson said, uh, quoting Rogers about, just making this rule where you're not going to go and attack someone into you can attack someone dude like if someone has a terrible position it should be attacked but find out if it's what they're what they're saying first Ooh, yeah and let them know like hey this is what i'm hearing you say maybe i'm a dummy dude i don't know yeah uh is this really what you're saying because it sounds bad to me oh that's not what you're saying great oh that's what you're saying all right now it's time to go in right because that's horrific what you said Good. right or that argument is here's the implications and it's dreadful yeah. Um, but but find out first before you do that. Yeah, that's good. You're frozen. I'm frozen. Oh, now you're frozen. Uh oh, what a face too. I don't know what our yeah. viewers are you watching there? right now, but you were just frozen in a a great ex facial expression. It was good. Yeah. Okay. So so nice. Okay. Uh, uh, philosophers talk about uh, the charity principle. Assuming if if you can. If someone's claim is ambiguous or at least ambiguous to you, you parse it out and you take the most reasonable one. And you say, this yeah, that's is, good. That's the one I'm going to respond to. Dude, this is, it's so, it's, it, it's, it seems so easy for me when it comes to replying to someone on a personal chat or something like that. Mm -hmm. It seems really hard to do with people who are close to me. Someone who's a Christian who's saying like, yeah, I'm going to vote Democrat, for instance, like put my flags out here. Uh, I'm no, like, you can't. We're crew. We're, we we can't endorse. Too late. I I'm not endorsing anyone because I could go the same way with someone who's like a rabid Trump supporter. Yeah, it's but like, you're differentiating. You're saying someone who could vote Democrat or someone who's a rabid Trump. And that's yeah, I'm putting my flag out. So yeah, of course you can't. I don't think you're legally allowed to. I am. Uh, I'm only part time, so they don't own me. Okay. Let 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 the record show. I'm not endorsing yeah, either great. political party or 
Canada. I'm serious, man. I've gotten called out. I'm not endorsing I, anyone. I'm I saying I wasn't even can, doing this, and someone someone it. deep called me deeply concerned, and I wasn't well, even doing it. I had to differentiate. I had to say, Listen, "I'm." You make me deeply concerned about your about you all the time. So there's. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that you're. Uh, I'm. Uh, I was. I'm admitting that like there are some things where like, I don't know everything. You know, I've listened Amen. to a ton of Ben Shapiro a ton of Steven Crowder, and they say these stats. And I can memorize those stats, but I am really oh, looking yeah. them for myself. Yeah. And so someone on the opposite side of the aisle says, do you know this, this, and this? And go, I could go, you dummy. You know, right. that's not the FBI stats. Do you think? And I'm like, instead of saying, where are you getting that from? Yeah. Uh, because I've, I've heard something else, but admittedly, I haven't seen what you've seen. Right. So I haven't seen anything to even make me think at all what you've said. Right. So help me out because... If I actually want to know the truth, I should want to know what they know, yeah. or at least hear them out. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and, and that's that's something else I think is very important. You're not just listening; you're not just waiting to speak. You're actually right. trying to understand. Yeah. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to love the truth more than anybody. So, we we really do need to be able to understand truth. I mean that that has to be a a priority for us. And again, if we start with the idea that the other person might know something that we don't, that they're not just a, a, a walking ideology, what that does is starting with that assumption keeps us from being a walking ideology as well. Yeah. And, and dude, um, there's, there's a verse in scripture that says, you know, the time, uh, the, the past is sufficient for walking in darkness. What, what is that? Like the past time is sufficient for are you, are you thinking? Is that Acts 17? Oh, let me see. It's like uh, the former times. Yeah. No. The, no, 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 no. Not no, another one you're talking about. It's, too. it's. I think it's First John. Uh, let's see. First John one six. No, that's not it. It's like anyway. It's like basically like look. You spent enough time in the past living, uh, living for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's time to move on from that. It's time to do what's right. And and we could say this. We could say you're frozen again. Oh man, really? Can you hear me? Am I frozen? Yo. All right. Well, here's here's uh, here a little bit now. Okay. Well, here's what I'm gonna do. Um Yo, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm gonna keep talking because I can hear myself. So um so Yeah, that's all that's important. You hearing yourself. Oh good, you heard that. That's wonderful. Look, um, <laughs> this is part of this too is we need to be dealing with each other face to face um i want to i want to interact with um you know that meme park you know that meme where um there's the two oh you've you've talked about it before there's the two crying temper tantrum having people up up top and they're like uh this person said something that i find offensive and the other person goes no <laughs> and then rage memes yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the people on the bottom is like, this person said something offensive. The other person goes, yes. Or, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, like, we need to, when we're talking with someone, rather than just hearing that triggering word, yeah. triggering phrase and going, look, look, look. Okay. So for me, I'm not one to flip out because I think someone is saying something racist. I think most people are a lot less racist than some other people think. I think for the, for the most part, People are not intentionally being uh, prejudiced against others because of their ethnicity. Okay, yeah. for me, I'm a lot more likely to get triggered when I hear someone espousing uh, cultural Marxist critical theory ideas. Right. Yeah. So, so for me, what this is going to look like is this: rather than hearing someone who says something about, let's say, police brutality, rather than me going, "No, he's espousing critical race theory," ah, no, rather it's going to mean me facing this person face to face and and saying um and saying what did you actually mean by that i want to interact with what you just said and i want to interact with you as a person not as a walking bag of ide ideological slogans yeah but but i want you to face me and i'm going to face you and i want you to actually park like what you were just talking about like I've, i i i think i disagree with what you're saying but i want to know the last drop, I want you to empty out the last drop of what you have to say, because there might be something there that I'm dead wrong about. There might be a statistic that you know of that I don't. There might be a story that's relevant. 
that I don't know about that I've never heard before. And um, now I'm not going to base my epistemology on uh, on stories necessarily, but it might grow me in my sympathy. It might grow me. There just might be something valuable that you have to add yeah. to me that I, I am currently lacking. So yeah. I'm going to stare you in the face like the guy in that meme and go, tell me more. Yeah. You know? And dude, and it's okay to be offended. Maybe they are saying what you think. You know, I had a great conversation with one of my friends and I think he's crazy on what he said. Like his, who's the his, friend? Can't do it. But I, I, who is talk, do I know talk for like 40 minutes. You don't know him. Uh, I know. and I know who it is. You actually don't, you have no oh. clue. And I was like, is that really what you're saying? Do you think this and that? And then he's, he's like, yeah, no, yes, that's what I believe. And we, we, we got down to it and I was like, okay, that's nuts, dude. I, I, I think that's actually nuts. You know, I love you, but I hope you change your mind on that. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I think that's, but, but it's okay. And I was a little bit offended by his position saying he's a Christian. He could do this, but Hey, that's, oh, it's okay to be offended. I, I, kind of think this way about someone using the lord's name in vain someone oh. says gd in the aisle yeah i know and it's like you want to go excuse me sir my children are here and yeah. it's like well i don't know that that's a great witness either you know because you're you're going to be a karen on them for sorry for all the karens i shouldn't use that actually we gotta you're come gonna, up with something else besides there's karen. a word that one of my uh, gre words man was perfect it's like officious i think maybe oh you're very you're very officious you're offering up your unsolicited advice. I think it's officious. No, no, no. Officious means you're taking on an office. Oh, let's let's look it up. Okay. Yeah, anyway, continue. You don't want so to be a Karen. Someone, you don't want to be officious. I, I believe that's good. And uh, you know, just offer up. Excuse me, sir. Did you know that that is very offensive to me? I'm a yeah, Christian. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. screw you. You didn't. Ask, you didn't ask for that. Well, well I, didn't ask, I didn't ask to hear the Lord's name in vain. All right, man. Well, is that going to build a good bridge between you and him for sharing I, the gospel? I'm, I'm a, listen. I knew I know I brought I'm up a lot more going to get you. I'm a lot more comfortable. But please, I think I disagree with what you're saying, but I'm going to assume <laughs> it's good that we're that, live here. If we just talk about this, so you can't get actual. I, that's right. I'm I'm a, I'm going to go ahead and assume that the that the blathering drivel coming out of your mouth yeah. might uh, eventually lead to something that I don't know. Yeah. No, no. In all seriousness, all right. So go on, go on. Please. So there's uh, there's probably a way you could do that and bring it up. Like, hey, man. Uh, you might not, not, uh, saying that for my kids, you know, if my kids are there, that that's a different story, I guess. If it's just you. Oh, you were right like, about officious, by the way. Nice. It's a good word, right? Marked by excessive eagerness in offering unwanted services or advice to others. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what a Karen, a Karen would call the manager and reports. Yeah. But they also are, you know, excuse me, I'm thinking, uh, in the Christian community, this is the Actually. mom. This is oh. the mom who comes around to like teenage girls and pulls up their shirts. It's like, mm -mm, honey, don't that, that's too much cleavage. And it's like, look, I'm not super, I'm not super excited about seeing a 14 year old girl's cleavage or whatever, but like, you yeah. also don't put your hands on someone else's daughter and do that. It's right. like, no, 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 thanks ma'am. You know, look, can I just say everything about the last minute of this podcast? Uh, I wish never happened. So I'm just, <laughs> you, we were good with officious and then. Yeah, there was a way to right. edit. I had to even it back out, man. I used a great word, and I had to bring and it back. And then what you did was you drug you drug us all down. <laughs> yeah, into the um. But you know what? But I think let's say this. I think we all understand you a little better now. Which yeah, is that's good. good. <laughs> uh, dude, this goes. Ah, it goes for everyone, man. Yeah. It goes yeah. for everyone. It's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wave that Trump flag if I were you. I wouldn't have that Biden flag. What if you know? What if someone breaks? Well, all right, man. It's okay to be offended. It's 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 all but, right if someone but, offends you. Yes, yes. But now, if someone, let's say someone, now let's say you're the person that someone is approaching. You know, you really shouldn't tisk tisk this and that. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? Now you, you, right? You need to be the person to assume. Hey, this person yeah. might actually have something um, uh, to offer me. Yeah, and, maybe maybe they're right. Maybe someone is going to smash my car. Maybe something. Maybe. And maybe you need to bring it to your family, to your friends. Hey, someone said this about me. Is that true? You, you know, know what's me? a really good example of this? Okay. Huh. Um, Shammai in 2 Samuel 16. Now check this out. As King David approached Bahurim, a man from the house of Saul was just coming out. His name was Shammai, or probably Shammai, maybe Shammai, son of Gera. And as he approached, he kept yelling out curses. He threw stones at David. This guy's like a one-man Antifa mob. He threw stones at David, 
And at all the servants of the king, though the troops and all the mighty men were on David's right and left. Now, this guy's an idiot because, uh, practically speaking, because the mighty men are with David. Now, these are guys who have killed thousands of people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as he yelled curses, Shimei said, Get out, get out, you worthless man of bloodshed. The Lord has paid you back for all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, you have come to ruin because of because you are a man of bloodshed. Okay. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. Now, Cutting off someone's head is something that David resonated with because that's what he did to Goliath. Okay. So, like, this is in the realm of what goes on back then. This is like within the Overton window of, hey, this is how we deal with enemies. All right. Um, and, and, and like, lest it sound too barbaric, like that's an assault on the king, which is not just King David, but it's the whole authority structure. Peterson talked about the hierarchy. Like, there's, right. there's a little bit more in their worldview that's than good. just. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. assault on the king who's under God. So it's right. kind of a direct assault on God. Right, right, right. David is like a type of the Messiah man. And you're like yeah. slandering him. So yeah. then David says to uh, uh, Abishai and to all his servants, and this is, talk about wisdom, man. Talk about embodying rule number nine of Jordan Peterson here. Behold, my own son, my own flesh and blood seeks my life. In other words, he's talking about Absalom. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone. And let him curse me, for the Lord has told him so. Perhaps the Lord will see my affliction and repay me with good for the cursing I received today. So David and his men proceeded along the road as Sh now listen, imagine this picture. As Shimei went along the ridge of the hill opposite him. As Shimei went, he yelled curses, threw stones, and flung dust at David. Finally, the king and all the people with him arrived exhausted and there he refreshed himself now imagine the the i always think of golem i don't know why i always picture him as oh golem. following along it's yeah creeping along uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. throwing rocks and stuff yeah 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 that's that's good um i i what it makes me think of is antifa screaming at the uh members of the republican party coming out of the rnc last week just yelling at them and and with the bullhorn in their face, yeah. ah, what do you think about cops killing black people and all this stuff? And they're screaming at them. And it's like, look, these people are just coming out. Like they're free to leave a convention. Like they're not committing a crime. Leave them alone. Even if you have some good points, leave them alone. But, but, um, but the, the, dele the delegates or whoever, the, these members of the RNC, they're coming out of the convention. They're just walking kind of stone faced. And you can imagine they got to their car that night exhausted. Hmm kind of like David. But David, rather than going cut it, cut off this guy's head, okay, the Republican uh, folks coming out of the convention, rather than you know saying, oh, I'm going to smack you, although there was a notable Republican who actually did punch a guy. We can't get into who that was right now. Um, if you want, I'll tell you who it was afterwards. I don't want, I don't I don't, want to. I don't, that's a tough situation, man. They weren't in the position to cut people's heads off like the mighty men were, right? No, 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 no. Sure, right, fine. So okay, what I'm saying is even if they look like they're showing grace, it could have it could have been that they just didn't have an opportunity. Okay, fine, but fine. But even if even if they had no legal recourse to do something like that, and I agree with you, I don't think that they. I'm not legal saying legal recourse. I'm saying there was 50 people surrounding one person. That's not a smart bet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, I guess what I'm saying is this: for those people getting screamed at, it would behoove them to put themselves in the situation like David and to go. You know what? Yeah, I know. I don't have recourse right now. These guys would they, they'd mob me and they'd probably kill me at this point. But but so that I can not just feel like a victim here, I'm going to own this situation. I'm going to assume God can bring some good out of this situation, which is sort of an analog to what JBP is talking about here. Assume the other person knows something you don't. Hey, well, you know what? Here's a crazy idea. What if I actually assume this angry mob who is vicious, ignorant, et cetera, et cetera, may maybe maybe they do have a point. Now, it doesn't seem like they have a point. Yeah. And they're clearly not open to discourse. And they're, you know, I, I kind of wish some bad things would happen to them right now. But maybe, maybe there's something here. Maybe God could use this to bring about some good to me to kind of repay me for this uh, insufferable, intolerable uh, situation. Or, or maybe there's something here. Maybe I'm turning a blind eye to injustice. I don't think I am. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not neutral here, but I will at least, at the very least, I want to be 
humble. And yeah. I think that this boils down to humility. And we have some comments here too. I want to tackle as well. Yeah, real, real quick. My yeah, go. Uh, last touch on this is uh, even if they're wrong and you've wrestled with the ideas before, right? You've thought mm -hmm. through right. and you think, you know, I have wrestled, I have heard. I still understanding where people are coming from, I think is actually an important thing, especially Amen. And especially if you are a Christian and your goal is to evangelize people, to share the good news with them. Here it is. Not getting bogged down in yes. like, do you know that you're a political hack and you're being like, all right, man, that's great. And maybe I do think you're completely wrong. And maybe I do think even after talking with you that you're a political shill. Mm -hmm. I, Jesus died to save some political shills, man. And yeah, perhaps me, uh, the worst, right? So yeah, uh, I want to get to that. I want to hear your why do you think that help me out you know right. and building bridges to get to the gospel right yeah. that's good well dude first corinthians 9 21 to those without the law i became like one without the law though i am not outside the law of god but i'm under the law of christ to win those without the law to the weak i became weak to win the weak i have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some of them. I do this for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings. So here, you got Paul. Now there, Paul spent plenty of time, for example, to the church in Galatia, the Galatians, saying, look, don't let anyone put you back under a yoke of slavery. Don't let anyone uh, bind you with the law of Moses. But when it came time, now that's to Christians. When it came time to evangelizing, man, Become like them. Put on the prayer shawl. Uh, you know, put on your yarmulke. I don't know if he would have done that because he said, don't pray with your head covered. But the point is, he became like those under the law when he, when he wanted to evangelize them. He became like those um, not under the law, Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Because even though recognizing that he is under, under the law, the law of, Christ. of Christ, right, exactly. So so now I think that there's there's a humility there for the sake of the mission, that we would do well to, to emulate. And then especially when you couple this, now take this back to our conversations with, with those we disagree with, take into consideration that you and I, while, while our scripture is infallible, while our mission is unassailable and will be victorious, you and I are not infallible in and of ourselves. Yeah. So far be it from us to get into a conversation and to just assume the person I'm talking with Yes, they have a different mission than me. Yes, they don't believe the scripture I believe. But we are two people, and I don't know everything. So I can listen to this person and assume that they have something to offer me without abandoning my first principles of mission, gospel, scripture, right. and, and, and by the way, love, which is driving my conversation, love of God and love of my neighbor. Yeah. Amen. Uh, that's pretty good. Are these comments uh, on, on topic here? Sometimes you pull up the complete random ones, and it's like, how do you feel about this? Dude, I don't want to go there. You should listen to them. Yeah. You, you should listen to them. Well, listen. I don't have to answer it then, I guess. That's fine. Manufactured Mysteries on YouTube says, too much thinking, not enough spirit. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if that's – I don't know what that's referring to. Manufactured Mysteries, if you're still watching, what did you mean by that? I, I don't care what these people say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, why don't we just relax your tongue, man, and let's just start just speaking in tongues here. Is that what they're looking for? No, I don't. What do you, you need to find out what they mean because yeah. you're assuming you're assuming quite a lot, actually. Yeah. You know, I I said the other day I said um, yes. I I posted. Right, just, right, right. Too much thinking, <laughs> not enough spirit. Yes, that's good. <laughs> do you know? I just I just literally just did what you did, but I did a little bit better. But yeah, um. Great. Do you know, Park, on in one of these uh, Facebook groups, which I shall not name, I mentioned something about like, hey, I know some of you guys are a fan of um, who was it? I guess maybe maybe Jordan Peterson. I don't know some, somebody. I posted that, and somebody goes, "Fan of no man, fanatic only of Jesus Christ." Love it's that. like, oh, you know what it was? I said Jesus some of you guys Christ. are a fan fans of Tom Schreiner because oh, no. I interviewed Tom Schreiner's son. Patrick yeah. Schreiner, amazing interview, by the way. He's a brilliant dude. Fan of no man, fanatic only of Jesus. And, and so my response was, my response was, yeah, in this case, fan just means you appreciate his work. And he goes, 
the word fan, he replied, the word fan comes from fanatic. That's, you know, that's inappropriate. And I go, yeah, you know, definitions do change over time. You know, in this uh, case, it just. I've heard people do that with saying, gosh, darn it, though. I've heard that one, too. It wasn't gosh darn it. It was something else. No, but you can do you can do that. I've heard people do that all the time. Gee, Dan, I, I think you, go, you know, you think that that's really, but actually that is just as bad as taking the Lord Yahweh's name. And uh, all right, dude, that's what I meant. Yeah, I meant to do that. Great job. I, I'm on the other side from you, but but I, but I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that you know yeah, something I don't. That's good. All right, what do we got? Uh, oh, well, see, look, manufactured mysteries came around. I'm, I'm pulling up the second comment here. This is a fundamental truth. The next man will know something you do not. Fact. Well, am I the next man in this? No. For, the, from him? The person, no, 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 no. Uh, this this is a comment from early on in our conversation. Uh, what, what this individual they're agreeing. Is, they're agreeing with us. Yes, Good. the person you're speaking to or or the next person to speak in a conversation will know something you do not. Yeah. So in other words, he agrees. That's a, good, uh, that's a good principle to live as if it's true. It might not be true. Feel me? Well, you have to. We, we, Humility would say live like that. Yes. But they, but may, that's they, the whole, they may not actually know something more than you. Right. That's the philosopher in me saying, sorry, well, if you want to make an absolute statement like that. Right. Assume, but so, live like it. Right. But the whole chapter we're talking about, the whole point of it is. Yeah, assume. Okay. Assume. 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 But, for the sake of assumption, for the right, sake of argument. Because it's good for you, it's good for them, but right. it may not be a fact. It may not be an obtaining state of affairs. In in an absolute sense, that's correct. Yes. 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 Although although scripture does say one person seems right until another comes and cross-examines him. But that doesn't that dialectic doesn't go on for eternity. No, it does. Not well, what about if it's a Christian and an atheist? What do you think then? One person seems right, and then the atheist speaks. And here's the point: you always have to have the last word. That's how you win. <laughs> That's right. But not if the next man will know something that the last one didn't. Well, you just don't let him speak. And then it's yeah, like, no, nope, you cut the really mic. That's the tie a bow on it. We need right. to cram down our. You cram. So really, this turns into yeah. you got to speak and then cut them off. Pull yep. the CNN trick. And Lock them. Yep. Yes, that's good. Away, Present your point. Party. This is good. Present your point. Pull a Tucker Carlson. And then. And we then gotta go. go. Yeah. And then, out, yeah. Unfortunately, we're out of time. <laughs> well, I guess I just don't see things that way and then move on. <laughs> You're right. Uh, permanent uh, befuddled face. Yeah. Okay. Donna Flenke says, faith without works is dead. So that sounds like she got that from somewhere. I can't put my finger on it. There are a lot, there are a lot who take the initial deposit, but do nothing with it. I think this is when we were talking about um, the talents earlier. Yeah. Okay. And then she also said, by the way, that you were the one who keeps freezing. So uh, uh, I understand when, when in the face of brilliance, how you could freeze up, you didn't have anything to say. But I'm fine um, with you doing that. It makes you look like such a douche. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap, uh, it up let's wrap it up. Hey, you know, I had someone tell me recently, Romy. Do you know Romy? Do you, you know you dox people on the show, man? I don't mention anyone's names. I mention all their names. <laughs> I'm not. I see. Here's the thing. I don't mention someone's name when they've done something terrible. But if they're doing something good, that's fine. It's perfectly I like fine. to protect people's privacy. No, not me. You either. don't, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like to. I, here's the thing. I like to give people shoutouts. Mm. Shoutouts are good. Good. So, anyways, yes. Remy. Romy, what Remy? Okay. I don't hear what you said. Slander. Um, he said that on this show, I am typically the one that likes to joke around, and you like to get things back. Um, I do like to bring you back. What is that, though? Why do I like to bring uh, – you're the baby of the family. You're the one who likes to be all uh, I'm, cutesy. I, I, uh, I care about other people, maybe. Is that it? <laughs> no. I want to Just, bring people in. You always like your little inside jokes. That's very cute. But I like to bring in a broader audience. All right, I got to go. Everyone watching, that's clearly false. All right, listen, connect with the Think Institute by going to thethink.institute. Hey, and by the way, you want to send us an email? Maybe you maybe you're listening to this later on and you're like, "Oh, I had something to comment. Send a uh, uh, send an email to thethink.institute at gmail.com because that is a good way to get in touch and, and you can address it to Parker or to me. And if it's addressed to Parker, I'll um, throw it in the trash in my delete file. And then if it's addressed to me, I will respond to it. No, if you address it to either one, I'll make sure it gets to the right person. And by the way, 
Um, you can partner with the Think Institute and the Set of Case family. That's this Set of Case family. I'm pointing to what myself. What is this? I got to be going for Give.crew.org slash 1018841. Park, listen, we're fundraising, man. We're That's in a great. You can fundraise on your stuff. I don't want to. This is my stuff. My here while you're, you're my guest. Contrary to what you think, you're on my stream yard. Yeah. So, um, so do that. It's Thunder Thursday. This is a presentation of the Think Institute. Uh, Parker, do a quick pitch for your Parker's Pensies. You can find it at uh, uh, Google Podcast. Oh, actually, Google one's messed up. You got to clean this up. You got to clean yeah. this up. Be I'm, not, I'm not a sloganeer. You can find me out there, Parker's Pensies, Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, Spotify. There, boom. I'm having Jerry Root on this Tuesday. Jerry, so, the Jerry great, Jerry, the great and powerful Jerry gonna, Root. Yeah, we're going to talk about C.S. Lewis, the most neglected books of C.S. Lewis, Ooh, and uh, C.S. Lewis's three favorite books that he's written. His own is favorite he, book. Is he going to smoke a pipe on the podcast? That'd be great. I don't know. We'll see, dude. All right. It's good. All right. Until next time. Um, I hope that it, uh, uh, I hope that it, um, what, do we have anything today? What did we do? What did we talk about? I hope it rule number nine. Yeah. No, come up with something else. Yeah. I hope that, it, uh, how, how about this? Uh, I hope that it presented you with a uh, box full of dreams and books that you've read. <laughs> in, a, in an undifferentiated way. I hope I presented your worldview with that. That's great. That poor, poor woman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.